0: Welcome to the Encounter Community Church Podcast, where we take God's Word and look at how we can utilize, practically apply it, and implement it into our lives. Welcome to the Encounter Community Church Podcast. My name is Ken Ballard, Jr., and I am the pastor here at Encounter Community Church. And, and do, do, do you hear that? Do you hear that? That's is the sound of Christmas. <laughs> Anyone that knows me knows how much I love Christmas season. I was driving with my son the other day and, and we were as we were driving through the neighborhood, I was looking at all the lights and I got out of the car and my son said to me, Dad, why are you so happy?" And i looked at him and i said because it's christmas <laughs> it's christmas man but i do i i love every aspect of christmas i love the music and yes i am one who's been listening to christmas music since november 3rd <laughs> that's right november 3rd i don't know why i remember the exact date but that's the date that i started listening to Christmas music in my car. Matter of fact, you know, my wife and I have gotten into discussions about when is the appropriate time to begin to listen to Christmas music. Uh, For my wife, it is after Thanksgiving. Like the day after Thanksgiving, boom, she's listening to Christmas music. And I said, well, babe, whatever floats your boat, because I'm telling you now, in my car, I am jamming out to Christmas songs, Christmas tunes, all of it. I, I'm I'm listening to it. I'm taking it all in. But, but I'll tell you, here's the weird thing for me, though. We decorated our church, of course, last Saturday, getting it ready for Christmas. And I'm so excited. I'm actually in the sanctuary right now. I'm looking at the wreaths, the garlands, the bells, the Christmas trees, <laughs> the nativity scene. And I am excited. But not only that. I decorated the front of the church today and yesterday. So if you want to come by and check out the front of Encounter to see the decor, uh, you are more than welcome to do that. Would love to have you do so. But here's the thing that was really interesting to me. I was working on a project because someone donated a deer last year to the church for us to use for Christmas decor. And I'm going to tell you, this thing is massive. I, I think it's life-size. Like, it's It's a big deer. But when I went to plug it in, none of the lights worked. So I, I tried to twist some lights on, and, and then I noticed, like, half the lights were broken off. So I, I just went ahead and just took all the lights off the deer. I thought, you know what? I'm just going to go to Target. I'll go to Target. I'll get some new lights, and I'll be good to go. Well, I went to Target. And let me tell you, this is on... I see I'm recording right now on Thursday evening and this was on Tuesday that I went to Target to go get Christmas lights and when I got there the Christmas section was desolate to say the least. I I was shocked. Like if you have not decorated your house yet and you need Christmas decorations, I don't know where you're going to go. I went I went to Target and they had like Three boxes of Christmas lights. That's it. And they were all warm white icicle lights, which is not what I needed. (laughs) But if you need warm white icicle lights, go to Target very quickly because they might be gone, because that was it. The entire light aisle, everything was gone except for three boxes of Christmas lights. That's it. And then my wife was saying the other day she went to go look at ornaments at Target and they're gone. Like they're gone. So it just blows my mind. October, we're loading up on the Christmas stuff, but on December 7th, we still have 18 days left till Christmas, and it's gone. I went to Home Depot because I thought, okay, well, fine, I'll go to Home Depot. They'll have some stuff there. I went to Home Depot. I was starting to walk around the store, and I looked where they had some Christmas stuff at and it had already been changed like to heaters and that kind of thing and I was like whoa, whoa whoa wait a minute let me go check the christmas section i went to the christmas section and it was limited to boxes of 100 green wire warm white lights that's it oh and you can also get boxes of 50 but that's it that's it they still have some of the Christmas trees and stuff like that. But if you're looking for yard stuff or just whatever it might be to decorate, it's gone. It's gone now. I, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just shocked. I'm just shocked. So I say all that to say that, yes, I finally got the lights and finished the deer project. And the deer is one of the part of the decor outside in front of the church. But, but, but I'm telling you now, if you need to decorate your house, order Amazon and hope it's on Prime cuz other than that man you are not going to find it in the stores. I'm just I'm just shocked. I'm just shocked. Remember back in the day where you could go to stores on December 26th and they still had Christmas stuff and the Christmas stuff was marked half off and you would go and you would get some incredible deals? Well, that ain't happening in 2021. It is not. But still, I love the Christmas season. I really do. And so I'm hoping that you are being encouraged during this holiday season. That's an opportunity for you to maybe slow down, because I know sometimes during the holiday season, between the cards, the parties, the getting ready for the parties, the getting ready for the party of getting ready for the parties and doing all those other things and getting the gifts and running around and you know, between all of that, sometimes we can get so busy that we don't take the time out to just sit back and just reflect on the meaning and the value of Christmas. So I'm hoping. I'm hoping that maybe as we do this series, because we started a brand new series called The Promise of Christmas. We started that last Sunday. And of course, as we say before, What we do on Sunday is we we start the thought and then what we do at the podcast is we finish the thought of the week. So thank you for those of you that were there on Sunday or watched the live stream on Sunday and you're listening to the podcast now. Thank you because we're going to get the complete thought for the week. But what we're doing is we're walking through a famous passage that talks about who Jesus Christ would be. You know, it's really interesting. We have friends that just had babies. We had two baby girls that were born, uh, at, not at our church. <laughs> not in, there are people at our church who had two children. And both are just beautiful, beautiful kids. But the thing that's really interesting is whenever you hold a baby, like you look at the baby and you see so much promise, but you really don't know what that promise will be or what that baby will grow up to be. The beauty of Christmas is we actually are able to see that in Jesus. We know. Matthew chapter 1, verse 21 says that you are to name him Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. It, it tells us that. So, so we know that Jesus basically is born to die. And I think sometimes what we do is we look at Christmas and we think of Christmas as the precursor to Easter. And I understand Why? Because the truth is, if there is no resurrection, if Easter Sunday does not happen, if there is no resurrection in Christmas, Jesus is just another kid. He's just another kid. So it's the resurrection that makes his birth so significant because we know the direction that he's going to go in and what he's going to become. But, but here's what we wanted to do for this series Because what if the birth of Jesus promises more than just our salvation? Now, don't get me wrong. Salvation is awesome. I want it. (laughs) I want to go to heaven. I want to be able to stand at the, the, the feet of God and be able to worship and adore him. I want that. I desire that. But what if it's more than that? What if the birth of Jesus unleashes... Possibilities that can exist in our life right now. What if it does? And so that's what we're looking at for this series, The Promise of Christmas. And there's a famous passage that is associated with Jesus Christ, and it's Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, which says, For a child is born to us, a son is given to us, the government will rest on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. I love that. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And so what we're going to do for this series is we're actually going to rest in this passage And one more that we're actually going to use for Christmas Eve. Now for our Christmas, for Christmas Eve this year, we're only going to do a virtual service. So one of the things that we want to do is we're going to make that available to you. You may be wondering, well, Ken, why are you only doing a virtual service? Well, here's the thing. Our worship leader, such a blessing to us. But one of the things is her, her family lives in Fresno, or lives in Clovis. And Christmas actually falls on a Saturday. This year, So what she's going to have to do is get off work on on Friday, which is Christmas Eve, drive up to Clovis, be with her family, and then turn right back around and come here on the 26th. And I thought, you know what, Ariel, what we're going to do is we're just going to make it virtual so that we can make sure that you get home and get to be with your family and enjoy Christmas as much as you can before you have to come back. So that's why we're doing it virtually. But with that in mind, on Christmas Eve, we're going to do a different kind of, uh, the other verse is going to be Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, and we're going to look at this idea of God being with us and what does that mean? What does with mean? And I'm excited about that as well. But with that in mind, it says he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of peace. And so again, if you missed any part of Sunday's service as we talked about this, please go back and watch the live stream replay. You can see them both on our Facebook page as well as on our YouTube channel, also. But but I wanted to dive into this because we, we talked about this on Sunday. It's this idea of Jesus Christ being the wonderful counselor. We just wanted to start there. Wonderful counselor. Not just a counselor, not just a great counselor, but a a, a wonderful counselor. And the interesting thing that is there, the the, the Hebrew word that is used for wonderful, it really does try to communicate like a sense of awe, a sense of awe. And and so here's what comes to mind for me. Have you ever been given a piece of advice that you will live with for the rest of your life. Just something so powerful, something so encouraging that you know that it affects your story, it affects your life. I I can think of some of the advice that I will live with for the rest of my life. Some of it's from my mom. One of the things that my mom has always told me, make sure you don't have Holy underwear on <laughs> as you start your day, because you never know when you might be in an accident and they see your holy draws. <laughs> so, so that's actually a piece of advice that I carry with me. And I will tell you that the only holes in my draws are the ones that are supposed to be there. I, I double check that every day. And if it looks like they're on a the verge of having a hole, I will toss them. And replace them with another bear. But it's just one of those things. Are there things that your parents have told you that you will continue to hold on to or live with to this day? Another thing that my mom told me that really stands out to me is unbeknownst to me, I came home one day with my yearbook from high school. And I was going through it and I was looking at all the signs, you know, where people had signed it and everything. And then I set it down and I went to do some other things. Unbeknownst to me, my mom picked it up and signed it. So one day I was going back and I was going through my yearbook once again. And I came across what my mom had written to me. And it just talked about how proud she was of me and also my potential and my future. But here's one of the things that she wrote. She said... Aim for the moon, and even if you miss, you land among the stars. But but there was just something about knowing that my mom believes in me that much and wanting to shoot for that. Another piece of advice that someone has given to me that I live with is this. Your failure is not the end of your story. Your failure is not the end of your story. Because Lord knows I've made some mistakes. Lord knows I have some regrets. Lord knows I have had my struggles. Lord knows I am not perfect. And and, and I'll tell you, like, the thing that I try to do as a pastor is I try to just let you know that I'm just one of you. There's nothing, quote, unquote, special about me being a pastor, I'm thankful that people honor the position, that people respect the position. I mean, I've been in situations where people go, oh, you're a pastor, let me put down my beard. Like, no, no, no. Or you're a pastor, let me not cuss. Like, you know, just, I'm, I'm one of you. So just be yourself around me. But the reason why is because I just recognize You know, one of the things I love the most about the Bible is that the Bible is not afraid to address the flaws of some of its greatest characters. And every single one of them are flawed in some way except for Jesus Christ. They're all flawed, all of them. Some of them so much so that you think, Man, if they could get to heaven, (laughs) I got hope too. (laughs) Some of them are pretty flawed. And so I thought, well, if the Bible is not afraid to talk about the flaws of its leaders, then I shouldn't be afraid to talk about mine. I shouldn't be afraid to, I shouldn't live a life where I'm on a high horse because of the position that I hold. I remember walking into a church once and, has happened to run across a guy and I was like, oh hey, I think your name's Michael, right? And he's like, uh, no, that's uh that's Pastor, Pastor Michael. <laughs> and I was like, all right, brother, whatever flows your boat. For me, you can call me Ken. You can call me Kenny. Well actually no Kenny. That's that's reserved for family and, and my wife. So <laughs> actually you can't call me that. But you can call me Ken. <laughs> but you don't have to call me Pastor Ken. I'm not the one that's hung up, hung up on my title. I don't have a parking spot in our parking lot that just simply says, Pastor Ken, I, you know, I, I don't have that. <laughs> the pastor spot, I don't have that. Although something I wouldn't mind is, I remember when the pastor was over my house as a kid, the pastor would always get the best food, So if you want to do that for the position, hey, I'm not going to argue with that. (laughs) If you want to give me the best food, brother, lay it out. But I'm not. I'm one of you. And I'm flawed too. The reason why this is so important is because I look at the fact that Jesus Christ is the wonderful counselor so I went to a website from Leslie University and it just simply asked a question and and asked this question what is it that makes a great counselor like what do you look for in that and here's the thing that was really great it says this counselors today are working with increasingly diverse populations that have diverse sets of needs honing a solid set of essential skills makes for an effective successful mental health practitioner. And I love that. Not just counselor, a mental health practitioner. So if I wanted to look at Jesus and say that Jesus is my wonderful counselor, then I thought, well, what are some of the elements that they look for in a counselor? And and do I see those in Jesus as well? Here's the number one element that they said, a genuine interest in others a genuine interest in others. And I thought, well, that fits the bill for Jesus. You you can't be more interested in others than to give your life for them. And I'm not just talking about his death. His death is incredible because his death leads to his resurrection. But when I talk about the fact that he gave his life, I mean, literally, he gave his time, he gave his energy, he gave his effort, He gave us every element of what we need to be able to see that, wow, if if I could just look at the life of Jesus and begin to push myself to live the same kind of life that Jesus lived, to look at things the way that Jesus looked at it, to understand things the way that Jesus understood things, he gave his life. And, And the beauty of this, when we look at this idea of having a genuine interest in others, there would be times where Jesus would look at someone and be interested in them when all of society would want to ignore them. There was a time where Jesus was walking into a town, and these blind guys heard that he was walking in. So they began to scream out, Jesus, Jesus. And the people around the town was like, shh, shut up, shh, be quiet, shh, shut your mouth, Shhh. And Jesus walked over to those guys and said, what is it? that you want. There's another time where Jesus is at a party and this woman is there and she is bawling. She's wiping his feet with her tears and she's she's putting perfume on his feet and, and she's drying his feet with her hair and putting perfume on his feet. And, and one of the religious leaders kind of sits back and turns to another religious leader and says to him, if you knew, if he only knew the woman that was touching him, Uh, there's no way he would let that woman touch him. And Jesus said, hey, wait, Simon, that was the name of the guy. He said, Simon, uh, since I've come into your house and no one has served me, basically, like she has. And, And then he also went on to say, the person who forgives much, loves much, Jesus knew exactly who she was, exactly who. So there are so many times where Jesus takes interest in others that everybody else would ignore. And so if you're listening to this and you feel ignored by, uh, well, first of all, thank you so much for listening to this. But if you're listening to this and you have felt or feel ignored in your life, I just want to let you know That Jesus, when he died, when he lived, as he lives in heaven, as he lives and breathes right now, Jesus has a genuine interest in you. It goes on to say another ability of someone who's a great counselor is self-reflection. It says an effective therapist knows that it is just as important to look within themselves As it is to carefully observe others. There is no one, I think, who knew himself or understood himself better than Jesus. I think that that's why you would have those moments where it would say that Jesus would often withdraw to lonely places to pray. He would go to be by himself so that he could refuel But again, you will will never find anyone who was more clear on his purpose, more clear on his identity. And he was so confident in who he was that the people around him who would judge him, who would criticize him, and ultimately who would send him to the cross. But those people, he never allowed them to dictate the way that he saw himself. But then not only that, it's also important to understand that he also knew what he had to offer. And he knew that in giving of himself, there is nothing better that could be given. But yeah, there's no one, there's no one that understood himself better than Jesus. There's no one who understood and saw himself better than Jesus. The third thing that they say that makes a really good counselor is the ability to listen on multiple levels. The ability to listen on multiple levels. And basically what they mean by multiple levels is not only listening for the words that are coming out of your mouth, but also listening and being able to see what is the pain that's being expressed by the words that are coming out of your mouth. What are the thoughts that are being expressed that are, that are coming from the words that are coming out of your mouth? And is it possible that the words that I hear coming out of your mouth, that your thought process is different than actually what it is that you are, that you are communicating What is it in you thats that I'm listening to, that I'm seeing, that I'm picking up on, that reflects the brokenness that is within you, so that way I can lead and guide you to get you to the help that you need? So that's the idea of listening on multiple levels. It's not just the words that are coming out of your mouth, but I'm looking at your nonverbal cues, I'm looking at your fluctuations, I'm looking at every element, and I'm listening to your words, I'm examining your words, I'm actually listening for the intent inside of your words and what they what they may reveal. And I'm also listening to are the fact that your words may be revealing some things that you believe about yourself, but you don't even recognize or realize that you believe about yourself or you think about a situation that you don't even recognize or believe that you recognize or you don't even recognize that you think that way about that situation or about that person. And you actually might think that you think positively about that person actually feeling differently than what it is that you're actually thinking. And so a great counselor is able to pick up on those things. Which makes me think of the many times when Jesus would be asked a question and he would respond with something so categorically different because he knew and recognized the question behind the question are the thought behind the question there's a story in john chapter the end of chapter 7 and the beginning of chapter 8 where there's this woman who is caught in adultery and they bring her to jesus and the scriptures say that they brought her to jesus because they really wanted to trap Jesus they knew that Jesus was a man of grace yet according to the law of that time and the law of Moses because of this woman being caught in adultery she actually deserved death and, and so they knew they had him if, if, if Jesus says kill her then it undermines this entire message of forgiveness and restoration and healing and renewal. And if Jesus says, forgive her, then they say, we got you because you have just gone against the law of Moses. So they thought they had the perfect trap. This makes me think of a story. That there was this old man in this town everyone would always try to challenge this old man's intellect and understanding. They would always try to challenge it. And so they would come and they would bring quests to him and he would always, and queries to him and he would always answer it with with his wisdom in incredible ways. I don't know why I just snapped, but if you heard that, I, I did in the background. But he would always answer with incredible, and so what happened is there's one day this boy shows up and he has a baby bird in his hand. And he thinks, I got the perfect trap. And I'm gonna ask the old man, is the baby bird in my hand dead or alive? And if the old man says alive, then I'm gonna snap the bird's neck in my hand and show him the dead bird. And if he says the bird is dead, then I'll just open up my hand and show him the bird that's alive. So they think that they got it perfect. So they go to the old man's house, they knock on the door and the old man opens the door and they say, sir, I have a bird in my hand. Is it dead or alive? And the old man looks at them. thinks for a second. And the old man responds, as you will. <laughs> Boom! <laughs> and then he closes the door. <laughs> as you will. So the thing is, total, just totally blew their minds. Like, wow, this guy is so wise. So they think that they got Jesus in this trap. And so what Jesus does is the Bible says that he begins to write on the ground. And then the Bible says, Jesus looks at them and says, okay, if you think this woman deserves judgment, then he who is without sin, you throw the first stone. And it says as they stood there, the men began to drop their rocks and walk away. And some versions, they say that it goes from oldest to youngest walked away because, you know, the older you are, the more you realize how messed up you are. (laughs) It's easy for you to recognize like, oh man, I I, I can't throw a rock. I I can't even throw a (laughs) Q-tip. But then what happens is it's just Jesus and this woman Alone. After her accusers have walked away. And Jesus says to her, he says, woman, has anyone condemned you? And she says, no. And the only one who says that is qualified to throw the rock is Jesus. He says, no. And he says, well, neither do I. Now go and leave your life of sin. I mean, just listen to how powerful that is. And again, what Jesus was able to do is he was able to hear from this crowd on the different levels to pick up their subterfuge. But then not only that, he was also able to see and hear and recognize her own brokenness. And I wonder if her, her, in her own mind, she knew she was guilty She knew she deserved to be condemned. And yet the only one who was qualified to throw the stone says, neither do I. Oh, that's the counselor that Jesus is for us. The fourth element they said is accessibility and authenticity. I love that. Accessibility. You know, the reason why Jesus Christ came was to make the Father accessible to us, was to make heaven accessible to us, was to make a relationship with the Holy Spirit accessible to us. I mean, that's, that's his whole purpose. The reason why Jesus Christ died for our sins was to open the door of accessibility for us. But the idea of accessibility, I love what it goes on. It says a counselor must be accessible to clients in order to gain their trust. But perhaps more importantly, a counselor needs to be genuine and empathetic in his or her communication, listening. I I love that. It says developing empathetic connection with each client is key to moving forward in the therapeutic process and is the core of an effective counselor-client relationship. Love that, accessibility, accessibility. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor. Why? Because he wants to come into your life and help you to begin to process and root out the things that you think make you inaccessible, that make you unapproachable because of the brokenness that exists within your life. And I I love this. People ask, what are the differences between Christianity and other religions? And this is the most powerful one, is the fact that Jesus Christ came on this earth. He lived amongst us. But the whole reason why he did it was to make heaven accessible to us. It wasn't about being a good person or trying our best because even in trying our best, we do falter and we fail. Now Jesus Christ does say, follow me. Follow me. Because in following him, we do have the opportunity to become the best version of ourselves. But as we, we, as we look at this, the whole point of Jesus is Accessibility. I think that that's why he came as a baby. Is a baby a threat? Only in movies. I remember as a kid, I watched this movie called It. And it's about these, basically these, uh, it's alive, that's what it was, it's alive. And it's about these demon babies that attacked and killed people. <laughs> I couldn't stand babies for a long time after that. It really messed up my mind. But typically we look at babies and they're accessible, they're vulnerable. So I think that that's why Jesus Christ came in a form that we could all approach. And the beauty is when you go back and you look at those who came to see him as a kid, it says the shepherds came and the shepherds represented the lowest echelon of society. And then... You have the story of the Magi, the three wise men. And I know we usually see them in manger situations, but really our nativity scenes. But really the wise men didn't come until around, Jesus was around two years old. But they still came and they bought gifts of frankincense and gold and myrrh. Myrrh is a fragrance. Frankincense is a fragrance and gold is gold. But these were all things that you could only bring if you are financially well off. And So even in his birth, Jesus is accessible to the poorest of the poor and the richest of the rich. And I love this, that the very first ones that came to see him after he was born were the shepherds. So again, what we see is that Jesus makes himself available to us. So this is why Jesus Christ is a wonderful counselor. He has a genuine interest in all of us. He does definitely reflect self-reflection. He has the ability to listen. And listen on multiple levels. And then also, he's accessible. He's authentic. There's nothing or no one like him. And we celebrate this Christmas because Jesus Christ says, I make myself available. To you. Well, again, thank you so much for being a part of this podcast. I hope that this has encouraged you. This Sunday, we're continuing on looking at that passage. And this Sunday, we talk about the fact that he is mighty God. What does that mean? And we're going to look at how God is our champion, how Jesus is our champion. And we'll look at and, and we'll dig into that. And that will be our thought process for next week as our champion. So, again, thank you so much for being a part of this podcast, just to let you know, our virtual Christmas Eve service is going to be, of course, on Christmas Eve. It will be posted and ready to go at six o'clock for you to be able to watch it there. Uh, Not only that, uh, on December the 19th, it is Ugly Christmas Sweater Sunday. So come on out. The uglier the Christmas sweater, the better. So we're encouraging everyone from the church to wear ugly Christmas sweaters on December the 19th. So excited for that. And again, if you would love for us to be praying for you, please feel free to reach out to us here at Encounter. You can leave a comment. If you are on our website, you, you can contact us there. But we would love the opportunity to continue to be praying for you. If you were brought to this place through social media, feel free, you can contact us through that as well. And we would love the opportunity to pray for you. The Christmas time is here. So the is about three things. Love up, let's fall madly and passionately in love with God. Love out, let's make a commitment to love others. And Christmas season really is the perfect time for us to do so. Think about if there's anyone in your life who has been affected by COVID this year, who's lost a family member because of COVID this year. Man, Christmas is going to be tough. So reach out to them. Love them. Just tell them, hey, you were on my mind and I'm here for you because this Christmas may be the first Christmas that they really feel the loss of that person. Maybe if they lost someone over the course of this year, not, be, not due to COVID. So reach out to them. Love them. Let's do everything that we can to make this a really great holiday season by being generous and caring and loving so again, love out and then love in. And I promise you, if you make a commitment to love God passionately and love others holistically, you will find a new love for yourself as well. Well, take care. God bless you. And will see you once again next week. Thank you so much for joining us for the Encounter Community Church podcast. If you could do us a favor, whatever service it is that you're listening to this podcast on, please rate and review us. If there's anything that we can do better, please let us know. But by rating and review, it'll also make our podcast easier for others to be able to find. If you would like to support us at Encounter financially with what it is that we're doing to make a difference in our community, whether it's the mobile food bank, whether it's serving at North High School, or making a difference, again, in our community, feel free to head over to our website, encountercommunity.church. Click the link that says online giving. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel. That way, when we post new live streams or new vlogs, you'll be updated. As well as, please head over to Facebook and like our page. That way, when we post new podcasts, again, new vlogs, new live streams, or have church events, you'll be updated and know what's going on here at Encounter. As we said before, thank you so much. We're so glad to have you with us, and we look forward to you being a part of the podcast next week.